Yo, what's good, my veggie Purdue gang? Hope you're doing good. Just wanted to take this time right now to drop a little value inside your day, whether you're starting it off or you've already killed it and you're about to unwind, create space for yourself. I thought there was no better guest than Scott McCullough, who is actually the co-founder of The Vegan Kind, the UK's largest vegan subscription box and fastest growing 100% vegan online supermarket. I mean, how crazy is that? I thought I was actually uh, going to dedicate this interview as a milestone for his company as he's growing it to a 9,000 square foot square foot uh, packaging facility which is absolutely dope and I thought it was just great to have one of these people who've already killed it and dropped some value to your life so you can actually learn know and apply these things I don't want this podcast to be just another podcast that you listen and kind of forget the information I want you to actively learn and be engaged with the content that whatever the guests are bringing or that I'm bringing because it's very important for you to apply whatever you learn again so take 20 seconds if you have checked out an episode before or you're about to listen to this one take 20 seconds man to write down whatever you pick up on live or make mental notes and kind of position different nuggets that you find inside this episode to better your life and really really grow your business grow your life grow your relationships grow your health grow your life to that next level where you want it to be Man, Scott, can you bridge the gap between yourself, what you were able to accomplish, and us younger entrepreneurs? Man, take us back to day one. Yeah, we'd um, gone vegan as a, a couple, my wife and I, um, and Karis uh, at that point had her own uh, YouTube uh, beauty vlog where she would receive you know, products from brands and, and review them on her channel. Uh, she's since deleted that and sort of doesn't have that hobby anymore. But at the time, she was, you know, very much exposed to subscription boxes. There was a lot of beauty subscription boxes. Um, and as she transitioned, you know, to cruelty-free and vegan, um, she found that there was less and less products that she was able to use in these sort of boxes that she was receiving to review. Um, so, yeah, so as we transitioned to veganism, um became abundantly clear that there was nobody doing a vegan subscription box. And obviously, when you first go vegan, or certainly when you when you first went vegan five years ago, it felt a little bit difficult because there was a lot of label reading, and um, you know maybe not as many brands as there are now. So just putting two and two together, um, uh, we realised that there was a gap in the market for it, and uh, very quickly got the company set up and just ploughed on full steam ahead. What were actually the first steps you took to start your business? Yeah, so the first steps um, were obviously, you know, creating social, social channels. Once we got the board and stuff out of the way in terms of, you know, where we set up as a limited company and, you know, got the bank account and all that kind of thing set up. Um, first thing we did was, you know, go and yeah, get a logo and branding created. Um, and once we had that, create our social channels, so Facebook page and Instagram page. Um, uh, and then beyond that, obviously, I had to go and get, you know, boxes created um and start reaching out to brands uh to see if there was an, an appetite to be in such a box but the thing is we already knew that there was an appetite for it because the subscription box market in general was already sort of blossoming it was just the case that nobody had done a vegan one yet so uh once we were sort of easy enough to, to position ourselves to brands and say you know subscription boxes are a marketing avenue for you and your uh, brand your company uh, nobody's doing one yet here's how they work 
you know, would you like to be involved in the UK's first ever vegan one? Uh, and again, back in back in the early days as well, the first box we only we only did a hundred boxes for our for our launch. So um, yeah, we weren't sort of having to negotiate on huge big numbers from brands asking them for you know thousands uh, thousands of items as we now do. Um, so it was really just about positioning ourselves as a, another marketing avenue for these brands and how we would help get their product into the hands of. At that point, you know, 100 people at, on the same day and uh, explain how there's then, you know, a social follow on from that in terms of people sharing pictures and content online and, and their brand gets that additional exposure from working with us. And how did you go about finding those brands and reaching out to them? Yeah, so well, the first so the, the first boxes we launched actually um, wasn't a beauty one. It was actually a, a lifestyle box. So it's for five to eight products each month, um, mainly food and drink related, plus always one other item. So it might be like a, a household product or um, toiletries or quite a lot. Now, actually, we've moved into making sure that that additional product is like an eco product. Like we had a bamboo straw last month. We had, you know, we've had a bamboo toothbrush before. We've got other things of that ilk lined up but um yeah just an additional product to show that it's you know being vegan is not just about your food and drink uh, consumption um but yeah we would um you know just just brands that we knew of already or or like you say just googling it or just keeping your eye on you know magazines uh, that type of thing um or searching through facebook for um vegan brands and then yeah simply just reach out to them and explain the concept of a vegan subscription box if they didn't know already and then ask if they would like to be involved and more from a technical standpoint how did you go about setting up the platform to actually set up the reoccurring payments and really uh creating that client database yeah so so we've so we now um as we'll probably come on to we're now not just a subscription box we've now got uh well, we've got a life a monthly lifestyle box a bi-monthly beauty box and uh uk's leading online vegan supermarket and the supermarket is through uh, Shopify. However, the subscription boxes, yeah, that was that's our own custom-built website, thevegankind.com, and the recurring billing in the background of that is uh, through Recurly, um, uh, which is a recurring billing platform. Um, and then we've got a merchant provider in the UK that actually processes the payments. Um, but yeah, at the time when we set the business up, I was working for WorldPay, which is the UK's largest payment provider so I was quite sort of already immersed in the payment space anyway so um, 100% of our payments are via online card payments so that was kind of a sector that I already knew um, so we were quite quite quick to get that side of it off the ground uh, both Karis and I had been in uh, banking for a number of years Karis had been in project management um, and I'd been in business banking so with a kind of business banking background, Karis understanding project management and understanding, you know, uh, branding and you sort of YouTube and blogging, you know, very, very on point with social media. And with me at that point currently working in sales for the UK's largest payment provider, we were able to sort of put all of that together pretty quickly. And um, yeah, uh, the only thing we didn't have at that point, it was, as you said, the branding. Um, and that was, we, we uh, tasked a couple of different people to come up with concepts and the, the sort of leaf motif and the 
colour uh, swatches that we use at the moment were actually um, designed by a friend uh, or a friend's partner. Um, so our actual branding, our initial branding to get off the ground, you know, really didn't cost us the earth at all. It's, you know, just a logo and a few colours, really. Um, now now that we're starting, you know, we're five years trading, um, we're, we're, we've actually just spent quite a considerable sum of money on the rebrand of our beauty box. And we're about to spend a similar sum rebranding the lifestyle box. And we'll probably do a rebrand with the supermarket at some point as well. Because now that we're big enough, each sort of revenue stream of the business deserves its own identity and needs to be independently recognised on its own. So the branding is becoming more costly now that we've grown. But to get the business off the ground, you know, a logo and some colours, you can get that, you know, very cheap from somewhere. So, you know, maybe like Fiverr or if you've got any sort of graphic design friends, you don't need to spend thousands and thousands of pounds on branding to launch an idea, you know. And from a pain point perspective, how exactly did you market the product? Was there anything specifically you knew your audience was struggling with? How exactly do you position your brand from an emotional standpoint? Yeah, so we did. It took about two years for us to actually start spending on marketing. Um, uh, we spend, you know, a lot now. We do a lot on PPC and a lot on Facebook. You know, a bit of print. We've done bits and bobs in the London Underground. Um, so we do, you know, we, we very much value marketing now. But in the early days, we, yeah, we didn't, we didn't spend anything on marketing. We just um, were, we certainly got our, our boxes into the hands of as many influencers and uh, bloggers as we possibly could, so that you're, you know, you're giving away free uh, boxes to people in order for them to share you on their own network. So that's definitely an avenue that. Um, at the time was a, a available to us. Um, it's it's kind of moved a little bit away from that now because generally people are you know wanting paid for that you know in terms of being influencers and you, you hear sort of hot, you know stories of people paying thousands or tens of thousands of pounds to get their product into the hand of a key influencer so that they'll do one you know ten second Instagram story on it. Um, our experience has been that you know paying large sums of money for an influencer to have your product isn't actually that advisable you don't really necessarily get the back end returns out of it or, or i'm sure you do in some cases but in more often than not you're not really going to see massive returns from doing that so that's another sort of word of caution if if you think you've got access to somebody who looks like a superstar and you can you can get your product to them just be, be cautious of how much it's going to cost you to do such a thing versus how much you're likely to actually get back in return. For example, we could have somebody, you know, you know, strong influencer post about our, our product on Instagram and, you know, we're eternally thankful for them doing that. But it's usually somebody who supports us as a brand and really, really wants to see us do well or they just love the product so much that they have received it from us and have decided of their own accord to go and post about it. So, you know, that might be a situation that we've not paid anything for that advertising, if you like, or for that influencer to, to post about us. But what I can confirm is that the actual, you know, spike, if you like, to your website or the additional sales that come from it isn't actually phenomenal you know it's it's almost negligible in a way so that's sort of a bit of business advice i would definitely say that don't get too caught up if you come across somebody that looks like they've got you know i don't know half a million or a million followers on instagram and you think that if you got them got your product into their hands that it's going to be a, a quick solution for you i'd be cautious about how much that's actually going to cost you um so but yeah in terms of uh, in the early days 
we were getting into you know hands of bloggers, uh, influencers that we could, and you know asking uh, YouTubers to do reviews of it and stuff. And then just organic posting all the time, you know, organic posting on Facebook and organic posting on Instagram. And I think that's probably different, uh, slightly changed days because now, you know, when you post organically on, certainly for Facebook, you get absolutely no return or it's very difficult to actually get traction on it. You know, if you post memes or or, or, or maybe blog posts on on uh, interesting topics, you know, it's like world uh uh, World Milk Day this week, so obviously a lot of vegans jumping on board with that, trying to kind of, I guess, hijack it until the uh, untold horrors of the dairy industry, rather than allow milk to be promoted on such a day. Um, I guess if you do posts like that, they're maybe quite likely to get organic traction, but as soon as you go and start trying to promote your own products on Facebook, the organic reach is minimal. Um, they obviously want you to be spending your money advertising and it's I guess fair enough. So when you when you're trying to sell your products on, on Facebook it's it's really that's where you're spending a lot of money on marketing. Um but back when we launched or back when your numbers are small enough to warrant it or not 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 need the huge reach and um, because you're not trying to grow in such large numbers you're just trying to sort of get your name out there then certainly as much organic posting as you can possibly do um is is one way of of, of ensuring your products getting known about and um, but without breaking the bank now social media is just another platform to incentivize word of mouth was there anything specifically that you did to um increase customer action activity on social media for example did you incentivize them to post and share uh, your subscription box yeah um there's not anything we did like in naming bars or anything like that but i mean the uh one way that we've you know tried to ensure that we don't have a or, or minimize our churn rate is uh our subscription boxes each month we donate to a different animal related charity so um in the early days we now just choose that charity because it can come quite convoluted but in the early days we used to um do a poll each month and ask people you know out of these five charities um which one would you like us to donate to or you know can everybody chime in and name a charity they would like us to donate to um but that got you know so many people would would jump on board with that and name a charity and tag the charity and then the charity would would jump on and they would share it on their own page um because uh, they're obviously you know keen for us them to be the charity of the month but we then found that you know people were then getting really disappointed when we didn't choose the charity that they'd nominated because we can only choose one um so uh, but 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 I guess in the early days that was one thing that generated a lot of um shares and you know comments on on facebook and stuff like that so i guess although that was never our intention that in and of itself was something that we're probably getting is um maybe known about within within vegan circles um but yeah so each each lifestyle box we donate 10p per box to a different animal related charity which we choose each month so we're now donating you know quite considerable sums of money we we need to update our charity page on the website to actually show how much we've donated since we've been uh, in business now because it is a, a you know considerable sum of money and then 20p from each beauty box each month goes to um dr hadwin's trust which is a uh, charity that funds alternatives into animal testing um so each box here so customers like to like to stay subscribed because they know um we're, we're we're sort of donating to different charities each month plus each month we'll go to a different uh blogger and we'll get them to provide us a, a recipe we um print that recipe uh pictures and instructions on on how to use it onto a a5 uh, laminated 
hole punched card and then in month six of your subscription uh, you get a free the vegan kind ring binder you know might be because they're they're moving or they've changed jobs or you know whatever reason it might be um so i guess you've got to be aware of making sure that there's a, a an added incentive to say subscribed and that's that's what we chose to do is uh, the recipe cards what are things young entrepreneurs who are starting in that subscription box space should expect we were, Caris uh, uh, and I, both still employed um, and had a baby at home, had a you know, one-year-old child. Uh, we were living in a flat two floors up. Um, so, yeah, we, you really have to be committed. Um, and certainly for us, in, in, in a way, you know, um, willing to, to spend, you know, getting into business isn't the case that, once we were up and running, once we'd, you know, once we'd uh, shipped those first hundred boxes that we were quids in and, and, and the money rolled in, you know, every penny that the business makes is nowhere near enough money that the business needs for the next month. So you're permanently using any any available cash flow um, is, is only a portion of the cash you need for the next again month. So you're permanently sort of using personal, personal funds to make sure that you, you, you can keep going um, all the while making tweaks and, you know, different decisions that are making improvements. And as long as you've got momentum, then I guess that's what keeps you going. As long as you know that you are heading in the right direction, which we always have known we we, we have been heading in the right direction, then you, you just keep going. But it requires, you know, funding, finance. So I, I think that for the first couple of years, we were definitely spending our own money a lot, you know, maybe sacrificing in other ways and, 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 and cutting costs because, you know, we, we had, you know, those two incomes coming in. We, we knew we had our jobs. But we weren't any spare money from our jobs. wasn't going on sort of frivolous, um, wasteful antics. We we were using any spare money to put into the vegan game because we believed in it, and you know we we wanted it to be a success, and it was starting to grow into its sort of own thing that that, that we would have been devastated if it had ever failed. You know, we it, we felt it owed. Uh, it was owed so much of our time, money, investment. That the first two years really was very little sleep, especially with a, a young baby at home. You know, I, I remember thinking, God, that must be a whole year now that I've not slept for more than five hours. Um, just grinding every single night after work, coming home, opening up the laptop, cracking on with the vegan kind, uh, going to bed tired, thinking that you'd run out of time, and then thinking, no, I can win back some time if I get up stupidly early. So getting up you know, early before work to do some work, then coming home from work to open the laptop and do even more work, and then be delighted when it reached the weekend because you had two full days to crack on with the vegan kind. Um, so, yeah, the, the early days really are... A, you know, for any business getting off the ground, it's just a severe slog and definitely uh, not easy times. So I would say that anybody that's entering into the business, definitely while you might see other, other businesses that are up and running and, and, and think that it all looks nice and rosy, you need to be prepared for, you know, crazy, crazy long hours and, and hard graft. Now you did touch on this, but I think sales is one of the most important parts, if not the most important parts of any business because it lays the foundation of attention, which can funnel up into lead generation, customer attention, and long-term value of each customer. 
Can you talk a bit more about your specific sales process? Yeah, well, see, this is one of the things that I feel I feel fortunate that I've understood from day one. And it's interesting, like, uh, how many businesses I speak to that don't think about sales. Um, I was in a sales role when we, when we set up the vegan kind, so I was, you know, heavily, heavily targeted um, as, a, as a salesperson. I was working in, a, in an industry that, um, you know, if you, you, you didn't perform, you didn't last in the role, you know, quite a high churn rate of sales staff who weren't performing and would be sacked, you know, because of that. So I was very, very acutely aware of what it means to choose a number and, but you know, and hit that number and have no excuses at the end of the month for not hitting it. So I've always been very, very driven in a sales mindset. So I've, you know, because at the end of the day, um, you know, you could, as a business, have a multitude of problems. You know, you might be, you might be struggling with cash flow, or you might be, you know, struggling, struggling with time, or struggling with lack of knowledge. You might be struggling with, um, a, there's, just, there's just a lot of problems in, in an early stage business. But the one, the one thing that can almost like hide a lot of, a lot of errors or problems is sales. If you can keep the sales moving in an upward trend, keep pushing those sales and keep, 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 keep making sure that you're beating last month, beat last month, beat last month, double last month, whatever it might be. If you can keep that side of things growing, then you can iron out a lot of the other problems, you know, live in action, like customer service issues or problems with boxes, you know, items missing, whatever it might be. If you get swamped with all those little problems like, oh, God, you know, we shipped out 100 boxes and 10 of them have come back with that, that product broke. So it, it wrecked the whole box. We need to do that refund. And, you know, oh, God, we mispacked loads of those boxes. All, all the small issues that you have when you're starting up, if you let them consume you and spend too much time thinking about how you resolve them and, you know, and, 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 and making sure that you're perfect at all points, then you really you're you're gonna struggle to grow because there's so many little problems that you could let them overconsume you. You need to allow those problems to be there, iron them out as best as you possibly can, but making sure that your number one focus is on sales because when you get to a year, you know, and, and you've got the benefit of hindsight, you can look back and see where you were and where you are now, you're not gonna be that pleased if you've you know, got to where you are and your sales have dramatically suffered, but you've got a really neat, cool product now, uh, you, you, you won't be able to survive because you've not generated enough sales, you've not generated enough cash, you've not generated enough profit to keep going on and you'll find that a struggle and it all becomes really, you know, was it worth it? You know, you'll get to the end of that year and although you've ironed out all those small things, if the sales have suffered and the numbers don't look great, you could probably feel a bit demoralized and think, God, that was a shitload of work I've just done. Was it all worth it? You know, so you really need to have sales at the forefront of your mind so that it always feels like you're heading in the right direction and that it is worthwhile. Yo, it's good, my Vegapreneur gang. Hope you did enjoy this episode with the Vegan Kind. Again, go spread some love to them on Instagram, at Vegan Kind. And again, I always appreciate when you come to my Instagram, at Vegapreneur. Go show me some love, subscribe, comment, go DM me. Always love listening to what you guys have to say. And if you did enjoy this podcast, feel free to leave a review. Always helps the podcast grow, get more people to know about it. You can also sign up to my beta group on Instagram, link in the bio. 
And again, if you did enjoy it, feel free, number one, to screenshot it, send it over to anyone who could benefit from it. Always be flow, always pass along the message. And more importantly, as you know, I'm going to keep saying it every single episode because the most important thing you can do right now for your learning experience is write down whatever you've learned and write down, more importantly, how you will apply that knowledge to better relationships, your business, your life. Because as I say, you're going to retain 70%, if not more, of the information that you've consumed just by writing it down and creating a actionable uh, step-by-step plan. It's it's a life hack, man. It's the 80-20. So take 20 seconds. Don't be a lazy ass and go do something right now that will better your life. Again, I'm always there for you. If you need any help, any consulting advice, I love giving you advice. I love helping you vegepreneur entrepreneurs. Go go back to my vegepreneur and go DM me, man. I'm always full of love. Love giving back to you. If not, just go kill it. Go create some space for yourself. Go make it happen right now. You know what to do. Boom.